What up, everyone? Welcome into the Fortress of Comic Dude podcast. My name is Tyler. I'm Mary. This is a new monthly show we're going to try to do for you guys called Drunk Comic Book Club. And yes, we're drunk. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is a new show we're going to do where we're going to have a couple of drinks and we're going to pick a trade paperback and we're going to talk about it for a little while. And this is not a paperback, though. Okay. Just so you it's a hardcover. <laughs> we're going to take a trade. There you and go. A trade. Talk about it for a. Uh, predetermined amount of time and since halloween is right around the corner we thought we would talk about one of our favorite uh kind of horror series which is lock and key lock and key uh, uh specifically welcome to lovecraft yep the first volume of lock and key we're going to be talking about today written by joe hill with art by gabriel rodriguez yes mary nah. this is one of your favorite comic books of oh, all time it is it um really is. it's it's maybe my favorite indie series of all time okay um so I'm I'm right there with you. All right. Um, I love this series. If anyone has not read Lock and Key. I read this like once a year. I read the whole thing like once a year, every it's, year. It is so good. If for anyone that hasn't read Lock and Key, you really should. Um, there are six trades mm-hmm. that collect the whole series. And then there's uh, a couple other little one-offs that they did that were kind of like one-shot stories that you know were collected into a trade called Heaven and Earth. Yes. Um, which is also really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not necessarily part of the main story. They're kind of just like like little side tales. Well, don't forget about Small World. Oh, yeah. There's also Small World yeah. as well. You're right. You're right. I was like, there's not there's not just that one. There's also another one. That Heaven and Earth is really good. Heaven, Heaven and Earth, Earth is really good. Small really good. World is also really good. But uh, the story that follows the Locke children is all collected within the first six volumes of lock and key yes starting with of course this volume which is entitled welcome to lovecraft and this is the first volume obviously so idw publishing joe hill gabriel rodriguez lock and key welcome to lovecraft yes we're gonna go through this and kind of not necessarily i guess like analyze the whole thing from beginning to end but more so just kind of talk about some of our favorite parts and the ups and downs of the story as it goes i want to know so obviously this is going to be spoilers but yep. after you read this the first time like what was your initial thoughts because you hadn't um, read and you didn't read no. the full thing until like way later yeah the the first time i read lock and key it was like what the fuck is this book like mm-hmm. like it was good i thought it was really good but the first time i read it i was like this book is like fucked up like, it's really <laughs> it's really messed up <laughs> It was more just like comical, I guess, in a sense, like, what the fuck is this book on? Yeah. I definitely, like, I liked it, but it was more just, I was trying to, like, understand it. I definitely have a greater appreciation for it now. This was definitely, so, those were your initial thoughts, was that it was, like, messed up. So, same, same thing. It was, it was messed up, but also I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrifying because this was the first book that got me out of like the superheroes and this was also yep, your first book that got you out of superheroes, yep. your first series that got you out of superheroes. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize, and I know that there's comic books that go farther than this. Oh yeah. Um, But I didn't realize how, at the time, how far you could go with a comic mm-hmm. book and this was totally like, I was going to have nightmares because there is just this one scene and I'll talk about it that just terrified me it was it was just so scary to mm-hmm. me and i'll talk about why when when we get to it but i'm like oh my gosh like it gave me chills wow how scary it was yeah this book definitely has like a special place for mary and i because it really was that first step outside of marvel and dc yeah 
um, for us, which, you know, I mean, I'd read, you know, some of the image stuff from the 90s, but that was still very superhero based. Yeah. You know, stuff like Spawn and whatever is very still anti-hero, but I mean, it's still very in the superhero realm of capes and all that. So this was the first thing that was like, this has nothing to do with any sort of superhero or super powered people. This is very much in the supernatural. This is very much into a thriller mystery kind of a suspenseful kind of thing that Joe Hill put together here. We're not going to get into anything beyond this first book. Um, I'm going to refrain, even though Mary and I have both read the whole series. We're going to try because, to stay within this book. Yeah, because I definitely, I definitely thing. plan on doing the other ones yeah. on this show. Yeah. So I don't, you know, there may be times where we mention like, oh, this is really good because they were setting up for things to happen later. But we're not going to go into any detail of what happens in anything beyond this first trade. So, um, just worth mentioning, you know, if, if like by chance, if you're reading Lock and Key right now and maybe you haven't finished it, we're not going to spoil any of the endings for you here. Yeah. So with that being said, we're going to get into this thing. Lock and Key, uh, welcome to Lovecraft. It covers the first six issues yes. of the series and it's so good. Uh, again, Joe Hill. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's really worth mentioning that much, but you know, it is intriguing to remember who is Joe Hill's dad. Stephen King probably maybe the greatest you know horror writer of last century half century yeah so so um, worth mentioning mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't I, like bringing that up because then i feel like it just might like oh well you know he's stephen king's son so oh yeah oh yeah like, he's definitely his own um, exactly i know stephen king a lot of people complain about how he doesn't really know how to finish his books and so people were worried that maybe joe hill wouldn't know how to finish his books either oh, really Apparently, I don't read a lot of Stephen King, honestly, but Mm -hmm. like the way this wraps up is very nice. It's definitely complete. And I know people complain about Stephen King. They, he doesn't wrap them up really nice. Like the endings get muddy or whatever. Okay. Um, There's the, certain the writers endings, that do that. The endings, the full ending for this doesn't get muddied or anything. I was going to say, when you say by the ending, do you mean like the end of the series or just the end of this The volume? end of the series. Because I even feel like, I even feel like the end of this volume is is wrapped up pretty nicely. Oh yeah, it's definitely, if you only read this and you didn't read the rest, which I mean, if you didn't read the rest, I'm. I want to know why you didn't read the rest. But yeah, if you I only read the first one, it didn't grab you. Yeah. If you only read the first volume, I mean, it does wrap itself up nicely that like if that's what you ended on, then that's what you ended on. And that's also perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more. So the story begins um, with the Locke family has like a, uh, a vacation house somewhere. Yeah. Some kind of like farmhouse. Kind yeah. Of thing. Has like a farmhouse. Um, we see... We're going to meet these two characters, but one of them is Sam Lester. He's an important part of the story. The second one is Al Grubb. He's pretty disposable. Yeah. But um, they're knocking on the front door. We get to meet, I believe her name is Nina. Is Nina. The, is, the Mrs., is Mrs. Locke. Mm-hmm. Um, right off the get-go, we see one of them is carrying an axe, and Sam Lester has a pistol in the back of his pants. So you realize that these guys are up to no good. Mm-hmm. Sam, Sam Lester tells Nina that uh, he is a student or a... Uh, Former yeah, student. Cause, cause, um, they're, they're, uh, the lock, the Mr. Lock, I guess is a counselor. 
Yeah. Right at the at the school, and uh, Sam Lesser is a I don't I don't want to say patient, I guess like a student of his. So um, he says, "Yeah, um, I knew about your house up here." He told me I should come by one time and hang out with Tyler, who we'll find out is the oldest of the lock. Uh, Nina makes a remark that, "Oh, I like your guys' truck," and they point out, that, "Oh yeah, it's my uncle's. They, we stole it, but he won't mind." And then we see two dead bodies in the in the bed of the truck. So obviously these guys are up to no good. Yes. Um, right off the way, right off the off the bat the uh, the first thing that's going to grab you about this book is gabriel rodriguez's art um probably really yeah probably one of the most underrated artists i feel like he has this way of drawing um specifically eyes there's something mm-hmm. about the way he draws people's eyes that are just i don't know so just so like i don't know drawing to me like i just i i look right at the eyes all the time yes he draws eyes really well i like how they're just like really shiny and like they're so they feel so lifelike yeah but but they're also like abnormally big yeah that's kind of his style but it's not really like like anime so Mm -hmm. much but it's definitely like almost like anime no but like it's definitely like in that kind of sense of like really big eyes but like he does it in his own way yeah which I which I really like. Okay. Um, we're, so we're introduced to Tyler. Yep. Well, we we get to meet all three Locke children here. So yes. do you want to tell us who the who the Locke children are? Tyler, Kinsley, and Kinsey and Bodie. Bodie. Yep. I always I still want to say Bode. Really? Because that's how I read it. I will probably continue to say Bode. Okay. I know it's pronounced Bodie, but that's how I read it, and that's how I'm probably going to stick with it forever. I like Bodie better. I definitely like Bodie better. Yeah. But. Um, I'm with you that I read it bowed at the beginning. So they are down by the river or by the lake or whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to call it. Probably um, the river, I think. Yeah. Um, I think it's a river. So, so Bodhi is definitely your really lighthearted, really innocent character. Yeah, he's kind very of your, young. He, he's, he's your POV character for this volume. Mm-hmm. Um, your POV character kind of changes throughout the series. Yeah. Kinsey is definitely like, she she's more of the kind of rebellious kind of uh doesn't know who she is but she kind of wants to make a statement definitely and tyler is very much the i'm too cool for this yeah. i'm too i'm i'm more grown up than i am or mm-hmm. at least i think that i'm too grown up to kind of deal with or have patience for a lot of these things yeah so you have tyler and kinsley and they're very different on like the teenage spectrum i mm-hmm. would think like tyler's the oldest tyler's the oldest and he thinks i'm too cool for this i shouldn't be here i should be in wherever he said it's like hawaii or something not hawaii it's i forgot where it was at but his um, friend went to some yeah some islands or whatever um meanwhile back up in the house sam lesser and the other kid are um you know holding the lock parents hostage mm-hmm. um at gunpoint and at axe point yeah um, we'll find out what it is they want from them later and so the story's kind of told bits and pieces f- through flashbacks and uh yes. jumping back and forth so so it flips back and forth yeah so now when you when like you turn your page you're gonna be at a funeral yep and this is uh the funeral for um, God, what the hell is his name? Rendell. Rendell Locke Rendell. is mm-hmm. which is which is the their dad. The dad. Um, he has died. He's in an urn. Yep. Um, really sad. So you get like a splash page of just Tyler. He's looking at the urn and he's feeling very sad. And your other pages are a bunch of pe- some people are coming up and talking to him. You got his friend that came from wherever he was at, and he's trying to in like, Baja, is what in Baja, um, and he's trying to like cheer him up a little bit by telling him a story about some lady or whatever. And then 
you got your this other friend or their cousin. I don't remember what it was, but he's like this emo kid. And he's basically telling him like, ooh, you're super famous now because your dad is dead. Oh, yeah. Also kind of trying to make him feel better. But they People are just fail. trying to console Tyler. So um, we have our final person that comes up to him, and that is his uncle. Yep, his uncle's name is Duncan. Duncan. And so you find out that the Locke family has this old house in Massachusetts that's called mm-hmm. the Locke House. And or his the dad, key house, sorry. Yeah, the key um, house. And that's where Rendell and Duncan grew up. Mm-hmm. And so they had talked, they had had this discussion that if anything was to ever happen to them, they would move the family back to the key house in Massachusetts. Yes, the which mom they and live the in San Francisco now. Always like a just be prepared and they're like, oh, nothing's ever going to happen. But something did happen. And they do move to that house. Yep. So they're moving from the West Coast to the East Coast. Um, Duncan we, has a talk with Tyler and mm-hmm. Tyler finally breaks down in tears and, and you know, basically talking about how, you know, I know I know what has to happen. We're going to move to the key house, just like you guys always said. So then we flash back. Yep. So now we go back to, you know, the day of the what bad happened. Day. Yep. Sam Lesser and the other kid are in the house holding the parents at, you know, weapon point. And we hear bam. Yep. Um, the kids are walking. The, the lot of kids are walking back up to the house. Uh, Tyler looks in the window, seems to see Sam Lesser covered in blood with a gun in his hand. At this point, the kids decided, like, oh, shit, we better, you know, we better we better do something. Well, they get freaked out, and Tyler falls over. Yep. Well, they fall over some cans. paint cans, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kinsey and Bodie run up to the roof and hide behind the chimney while Tyler runs down into the... How did they get up there? The, did, was there a ladder? Yeah, there's a ladder right here. Okay. Um, they Tyler goes down to the, well, I guess it's the, like the, the cellar. Yeah, um, and Sam follows the footprints because he fell into a paint can. Yeah, he has paint on his shoe. Um, Sam Lesser just looks so messed up, too. You know? Oh yeah, he like, looks super messed Gabriel up. Gabriel Rodriguez, like even before his face gets fucked up, he just looks like disturbed. Yeah. So then we flash forward to yep. now. Now we're in the present again with Duncan and Tyler. They're driving the U-Haul or moving truck, whatever you want to call it. And they're driving along, and they're kind. They're making it to Lovecraft. Oh, yeah, she says U-Haul on the truck. It does. It, it does? Yep, yeah, it does. Yep, it does. Um, yep, they're driving to Lovecraft, Massachusetts, back to the key house, and it's like this, like, giant old, like, Victorian house, like, yeah, this this really old school East Coast house that's been there for, like, Forever. two, three centuries. Yeah. Um, that somehow has withstood, you know. And they're like, well, what should we do now? Oh, let's all just do our own thing for now because we've all been locked up in the car for like a yeah. week or whatever. Yeah, the mom tells them, she's like, don't worry about, you know, we don't need to be worrying about boxes and suitcases right now. Why don't you guys just go kind Stretch of explore? Legs. Yeah. So go and they're exploring. Um, yep. But then we flash back. To San Francisco again. This is where Sam Lesser is in the cellar. He's looking for Tyler. Um, the lights are off here. Ty- uh, Sam Lesser is talking a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not going to hurt you. Hey, didn't you, don't you remember what you said? You know what you said. Yeah. Like, and Tyler was so smart. He took off his shoe and like, chucked it somewhere and then Mm -hmm. he jumps behind sam bashes his head with a brick bashes the shit out of his face Mm -hmm. uh sam fires off a couple gunshots but misses um in the darkness and uh tyler pops up through the floor from the cellar his dad is dead on top of it yep he's covered in blood his dad is already dead at this point al the other kid is still up there with the axe and uh here comes nina to put the axe in the back of this kid's fucking head can we just talk about this page for a second like this was like my holy hell page um i do i do love this part where it's like 
where he tells them he's like he's like dipshit i counted the gunshots that were fired down below so like that's the reason like i'm not scared of you sitting here holding this gun because yeah. i know you don't have any ammo left he's like where's my hatchet oh here it is nina had it oh yep. now it's in the back of my head and full splash page dead. of nina just putting the axe in the back of his head yeah um it, <laughs> as beautiful as a gruesome image can look is this what is Gabriel great. Rodriguez does here. So good, man. So good. Um, and the dress is all torn up. And all these characters get such a good arc through the whole series. Yeah. And like I said, we're not going to necessarily get into the detail. But all these characters, who they are at the beginning of the story, are completely different people by the end of this, including the mom. And I mm-hmm. love kind of what More she goes up. through. Mm-hmm. All right, so, so now we're back to now. Yep, so they're at Key House. They're all kind of looking around outside, except for Bodie. He's playing around inside. <laughs> they're looking at these swords um, and stuff on the wall. Kinsley is talking to Tyler, and she's like, I haven't stopped crying since the day. And, I'm, j- you know, you can tell she's just, like, so tired of feeling sad and feeling, like, scared. Mm-hmm, so I just mm-hmm. wanted to bring that up. And she's very much the... Uh, she's very emotional. Yeah, and she's very much got the rebel look going. She's got a bunch of piercings, a couple in her eyebrows, dreadlocks, mm-hmm. a piercing in her chin, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Kinsley. Yeah, but yeah, she, she's my favorite. She's my favorite of the lock. So Boat is playing cards. and he's going to play with the swords, but then he notices something out of the corner Shining of his eye. on top of the doorway. Uh, it turns out it's going to be a key and this is one of the first keys that we are, this is the first key that yep, we are introduced the first to. Key we're meet. Do you have a favorite lock kid? Do I have a favorite lock kid? Yeah. Oh, Kinsley. K- K- yeah, Kinsley's my favorite. Kinsley's too. my favorite. Yeah, she, she's, I, I love... Again, we talk about kind of the arcs they go through. I love this, like the transformation that she goes through throughout the series. Mm-hmm. All of them, really. But yeah, um, Rufus is my favorite character. Oh, I love Rufus. Who we don't get to meet here, but we will get to him at some point. At some but he's point. not in the first six issues. Rufus yes. is my favorite character, but Kinsey is my favorite of the, of the kids. Yes. So now we get to go to the prison where Sam Lesser has been put away after murdering Rendell Locke. Yes. Um, his face is all stitched up now from Tyler, you know, beating the shit out of it and so we're seeing we've got i've 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 and then in the next panel he's talking to it and he's like uh, i thought you were gonna give me a new life a new face and then we see ace 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 so we got some echoes going on this is mm-hmm. very important yeah um right now they kind of just make it out to be like he's just crazy like he's just talking to nobody mm-hmm. and i believe even the guard make makes like a, like, a crack what the heck like is wrong fucking with you? crazy ass. but then we turn the page and we see oh there is a face in there and it's a creepy lady in the yep yeah he's got the the sink full of water yeah. This is the person that has been telling him to like go do what these things, do. like go kill this person. You know, I need, I need something like, and I can help you get what you want, which is a new life, basically. Yep. Bodhi finds a door that the uh, the lot the the key fits to the key that he found on top of the doorway. The, the doorway goes to outside, but if you step outside of the doorway after opening with the key, your body will fall limp on the floor, and your ghost, ghost. your spirits, so to speak, will Ooh. walk outside the door again. There's so many pages. I love that Joe Hill gave Gabriel Rodriguez the ability to just be a storyteller without words. Mm -hmm. Because there's lots of pages in Lock and Key throughout the whole series that have no words in them. Yeah, we just see it. So like like this whole two pages don't have any words. And Mm -hmm. we just see Ghost Bodie, Ghost Bodie, Ghost Bodie goes back through the door. We see Dead Bodie and then Dead Bodie face and then a Live Bodie face. Yeah. 
Um, you can definitely tell. Like, this is why I'm saying, like, his his eyes, the way he draws eyes is, like, so it alive. Is. Like, they so look good. alive. Where, like, you see before, they're not alive. He is not. He is dead. Well, I mean, you can see the complexion and stuff. Like, the definitely the tone of his skin is very, you know, very gray, very lifeless here. Yeah. I just feel like that's, like, the ultimate, like, compliment to an artist is to be like, no, I trust your ability as a storyteller mm-hmm. to be able to put, to be able to, like, tell the story without any words yeah you can read this and definitely tell what's happening just but you know what i mean you don't yeah. need any sort of a description to tell you what's going on yep. um he closes the door yep uh Bodhi turns in this little comic that he makes to his school talking about how he found this door that'll turn you into a ghost and everything and the well, he said it's what i did this summer yep and he talks about this you know the ghost the ghost door and everything that the teacher sends back a note to the mother talking about hey look mm-hmm. i know Bodhi had a rough summer but you know, we need to speak about this because I don't want him concerning some of the other kids in the classroom. Yeah. I just love like the spelling errors. This this definitely this this page like reminds me of like if Tom King were going to like oh draw a page, this is like what this I would imagine it would look and I like how he says he's like, I will see dad's ghost some tim. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, he's like, he's like, it's just I think they so do, cute. I think they do say his age at some point, but I can't remember. But he's like six or seven. Like, he's, anyway, he's, he's very, just, very young. It's so cute. I love the character of Duncan. Duncan I, is great. He is so good because he is such a rock for mm-hmm. this family. And even even the mom says it like, thank you for being the rock to this family. Like, I don't know what I would do without you. And there was parts like before I read the whole series, like when I maybe just had read this one. Where I thought they were going to kind of get into the whole thing of like, oh, the mom's going to develop feelings for him or something. And then they're going to like hook up. You know what I mean? Like, but they never do. Well, they they shouldn't because he. No, but <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, he's just a good dude. Like, he, yeah. he doesn't have. I mean, yeah, it was her ex-husband's brother or whatever, but he's dead. Like, it's not it's not that it's not that crazy to believe that something could have happened between mm-hmm. them. But it's the fact that he's just doing it out of the kindness of his heart, like because of their family. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Just for this this volume, right? Yeah, like like there okay. was parts when I was reading this the first time that I thought like, oh, they're gonna end up together at the end or something. Okay. Like okay. or or they're gonna have some sort of like romantic encounter at some point. Okay. But they never do. No. Which is really good. Like he, he just he's taking care of his nieces and his nephews and like Mm-hmm. you know it's still his sister-in-law and like he's he's very much there for her and he's even there to like kind of put her in her place a couple times yeah like he even tell like later on in the book he's even like talking to her because you can you can kind of tell but she develops an alcohol problem she's an alcoholic um i mean understandably so i mean she she watched her husband be murdered Mm-hmm. in front of her face and, and then she honestly, had to murder a, a young like a young boy like she had to put the axe in that back of that kid's head like that was traumatic as hell and honestly we don't really know exactly what happened to her in that house i do know that the other kid i forgot his name he's such a throwaway character but i forgot his name uh rob or bob or something i can't remember what it was the one that we were, the one the bald guy that she yeah. puts the axe to his head yeah um, we just said it and i already forgot what it was it'll it'll come up but there's something that he says and i'm like Ugh. Like he has a thing for the mom. Oh yeah. Um, and so we don't. Uh, all I know, all I know is that I see her dresses torn. Like it's 
That's true. I so never, I don't actually know exactly. never thought of that. We don't know exactly what happened um, to her. We both reread this in preparation for this episode. I didn't even really catch that, to be honest with you. Like, oh. like you bringing up her dress being torn up. Like, I remember the whole thing of talking about him having a thing for her and, you know, him looking at her panties and that and that. But yeah. I never, I never put those things together like you did. Mm-hmm. Her dress was ripped up. So that, that's actually interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Bodhi is enjoying, ha- enjoying his time as a ghost. He's mm-hmm. experimenting more with the door and he's, he's, ex- he's explaining some stuff to us like how dead people are and he's like mm-hmm. he 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 was explained his dad was put into an urn because he was cremated okay and Bod- yep. Bodhi didn't understand um, he had a hard time with the idea he had of a hard time understanding that. body but now that he's been a ghost he's like oh well now I understand because when I'm not in my body I kind of look like a sock that doesn't have a foot in it that's like is, one of my favorite lines of the whole book yeah so and it's like yeah, I get like if your soul leaves your body, then you're just limp and, you know, there's no purpose to you. So yeah. then now that he's been a ghost, he understands what Tyler was saying, that Tyler was saying that his dad doesn't feel the pain because Bode thought, Bodhi thought that he was going to feel the pain. The dad yeah. was going to feel pain. He was like, and Tyler told him, no, he won't feel any pain. He's not, he's not there anymore. It's he's very like, now he understands it. And he's explaining like, you can do whatever kind of you want with a, being a ghost. You can go wherever you want. So he goes and Tyler's in the shower and he's basically talking about how Tyler and him used to have a fun time. Um, he checks up on his siblings. Mm-hmm, but now he doesn't, you know, they don't want to play anymore. And then you go to be a ghost even if they're like thinking about you. Mm-hmm. And we're th- and it's, he's explaining to you like what was going on when they were on the roof. Like Kinsley was holding him, holding him so tight and he just like feels bad and you see Kinsley, she's dreaming she's holding a pillow and she bites her lip and she bleeds yep um she goes and Bodhi goes to try to tell kinsey about what happened that he was like yeah i I was a ghost and i was watching you and she freaks out and she kicks him out of her room and Mm -hmm. throws throws something at him Bodhi's out fishing (laughs) and you know nina comes and tells him like look let's not have any more you know school projects about you talking about being a ghost okay i don't need any more notes coming home from school about you mm -hmm. you know about your your teacher being concerned about you. Um, Bodie is whistling while he's mm-hmm. fishing. He starts hearing a whistle come back from the well house. They have this well house that's locked kind up. of in the backyard. Yeah, and it's all locked behind bars and everything. And they even mentioned later in the book that there was no reason for them to even have a well house to begin with because the water would have been contaminated even to drink it. Yeah. So there's not really a reason for it to be there anymore. There's he hears whistling coming from the well house, and he you know he says hello, and he hears hello back, and at first he believes it's just an echo are you an echo co co but then 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 he finally hears a reply Mm -hmm. um and there's this voice coming to him from the bottom of the well Bodhi, you know understandably freaks out um he's small enough to crawl through the bars that's the important thing here is that he he's like one of the only ones that can go in the well house without having the key to the door he freaks out understandably so goes and tells tyler and kinsey tyler goes over to the well house he yells into the well hears his echo back and tells Bodhi, of course you heard you know you thought you heard a voice back it's just, it's just an echo. An echo. Um, throughout the whole uh, first volume of this, Bodhi has these just terrifying nightmares. About his dad. Yeah, all of them about his dad. His and dad is trying to tell him a joke of some her- sorts. Horrific imagery, though, of his dad with like half of his face blown off and mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, it's just really, really terrible. Um, so, so that's going to be something that comes, you know, in and out around between, you know. So after Bodhi has a nightmare, he decides to, you know, get up walk through the the ghost door so he becomes a ghost and he goes, goes, to, goes, to, goes the well. to the well house and he actually goes down into the well so he can see 
um, the character that we're going to meet is Dodge. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, at this point, is still a she. And this and is the lady that we see the face uh, in uh, Sam's sink when yes. he's talking to him. And she is the being at the bottom of the well. We know nothing about her yet. You won't really know too much about her until you get to about a fifth or sixth volume of this series before you really get to find out yeah. what he slash she is. Yeah. Um, but uh, she's a supernatural being. That's all you need to know at this point. Um, but she, you know, really appeals to Bodhi's childish humanity and sympathy and the fact that she goes, you know, it's so lonely down here. I don't have anybody to talk to. It'd really be nice to have some company. So Bodhi kind of makes a habit out of, you know, heading down to the well house and he talks chatting her. with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they share secrets and he, you know, tells her about his day and what goes on and everything else. Um, there's a panel here that's really fucking terrifying. At some point, we don't know when this lady has asked Bodhi to get her a pair of scissors and, and a, a mirror. mirror. Um, there's a panel here where she's holding the mirror. Oh my and gosh. her reflection in the mirror is just like a fucking zombied face. This is one of the panels where I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to have some freaking nightmares because that mirror image is so creepy. It is. It's It's really bad. Now we get to go check on Sam Lesser again. He's in the prison. And so somehow Dodge can transport things to him through his sink and stuff, and which is, you know, the way he was communicating with her before. Mm-hmm. So the mirror and the scissors that Bodhi bought, brought for her are now are in with him the now. sink with Sam Lesser. Yes. So um, in- Then we jump to Kinsley is talking and she's talking about how she used to have this rebellious look. Yeah, and her inner monologue. She used to want to stand out and how like when you want to stand out, that's when you're the most insecure. And she says that now she just she doesn't want to stand out because she doesn't want to be different because now mm-hmm. they're in this new place yep. where everyone is more preppy. Yeah. Uh, and so she doesn't want to stand out. So she's changed her hair. And now every time she looks in the mirror, she jumps because she doesn't recognize who she is anymore. And she talks about, you know, being the uh, being the kid whose dad got murdered is already enough reason for people to look at you. So she yeah. doesn't need some image that, you know, makes people go, what's wrong with her kind of thing. Yeah. So the reason why Sam needed the mirror is because he's going to use that to try to get out of his jail he's in a um they they bring up earlier that he was tried as a as a minor not as an adult so he's in a juvenile detention center not a uh, a full-on prison he should have been tried as an adult yeah um (laughs) really should have so this gets fucking gruesome as hell here he stabs the prison guard in the eye and like the the neck yeah i mean just just i mean straight up kills the guy he goes good yeah um, another full splash page here is so good. I love Kinsey when she changes her hair. I love. Mm-hmm. It. I just. I just want to bring that up. I think. I think she's cute. Like I like the way. Yeah, she like, hasn't changed her hair yet, though. Well, yeah, she did. She talks about. Remember, she says she doesn't recognize who she is anymore. You like it? This hair? You don't like the short hair? Well, no, I like the short hair too. But I'm just saying, I, I like the change. Like when she changes to the just straight hair instead of the dreadlocks that she had before. Oh, okay. Well, the short hair is even like better. Well, because the short hair brings out some of her personality a little bit still. Yeah. You know. All right. So we got Sam. And he's killed the guard. Yep. Some guy's running away. He has a gun. And then we skip to... He takes the guard's gun. We skip to a track meet. And she goes, bang. And they're racing. Yep. Um, this track coach is somebody we're going to spend a lot of time with throughout the series. Yes. Um, she's Rufus's mom? Yes. Right? Okay. So Rufus, a character I mentioned earlier who you will not meet in this book. This is his mother. Yes. And wait till you meet Rufus because he is a freaking darling. I love him. He's so cute. He is. He is the best ever. So, so. we got Kinsley and 
a, another girl and they're racing and they're really close to each other. On track, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think she, I think Kinsey talks at one point about running is, you know, one of the few things that kind of lets her mind escape and stuff. It's like a, it's an outlet for her to kind of. She doesn't of, have to talk when she's running. Yeah. She doesn't have to think when she's running. Um, and she actually ends up, you know, making pretty good friends with this other girl who likes to run. And she says, oh, you know, there's a good trail that I like to run on the weekends. We we should get together Kinsley on says Saturdays. No. And she's like, well, I can't this Saturday. She's like, well, maybe next Saturday. I can't, I can't next Saturday. Saturday. Well, yeah, like my next like several Saturdays are just, you know, like crazy. So And it's all because she doesn't want to talk about her past. She just yeah. wants to be. Basically. She's afraid to make friends because she knows that question is coming inevitably. Like, hey, mm-hmm. like you're that girl whose dad got killed. Mm-hmm. Like. There's no way you avoid that. This scene is like so crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bodhi wants to show Kinsey the ghost door. And he so does. he takes her to the ghost door. He walks out of the, do- the ghost door and his spirit literally leaves his body. And he's lying there dead on the floor. And Kinsey's like, oh my God, like, are you that fucking immature? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and just like keep waiting for you. Like, and she leaves. Like, she leaves for a while. And she then- leaves for a set, for a panel, and she comes back, and she's like, hey, I don't like this. Don't do this anymore. And she's going to put her hand through it, so she almost becomes a ghost. But then he wakes up and says, oh, no, there's trouble. Bodhi wakes up and says, oh, no, there's trouble. with, And it's a guy who says something. His Whose name-, name means born at night. Born at night, yes. Um, so, yeah, he, he's, like, getting... Vi- not visions but he, he's going out and he's seeing the other things that are going on so yes. you get to kind of put some of these pieces together Kinsey goes to the front door and Nina's there with a couple cops um, you know she's like hey I need to talk to the police officers give us some space and we've you know we're, we're getting the confirmation from the police that Sam Lesnar has broken out of prison yes as far as the Locke family knows Sam had no way of knowing that they were going to move to Massachusetts from San Francisco so Little there's no know. there's no reason for him to come here they have no idea of knowing that he was there but he is on his way yep and even you know without the whole connection to dodge and everything sam did know about the lot the key house and everything that we'll see in flashbacks later that he knew from rendell Mm because he had pictures and stuff of the key house in his office so they they keep showing you know nina with the bottle and everything she's i don't blame her so much for developing the drinking problem because i just feel like like god how could you really not i guess yeah um it was the only way that she could cope so yeah, i, I kind of going through i kind of can't through, blame her but definitely like it gets to be too much it does it and even in kinsey she's like she even like yells at her mom about it like, yeah like she's like enough like, she like um loses all touch with her children towards the end of the book but she kind of comes back yeah but um or be, 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 i mean the end of the series not the end of this book but yeah the series as a whole so, yeah, she loses any kind of, you know, connection that she has with her children, which is really sad. Um, and the mom is trying to comfort Kinsley and she's saying, like, no worry, she ca- he can't come here, don't worry. And Kinsley is just, she's just terrified. Oh, she's freaked out because she feels like this guy is coming for them, which, you know. She just, like, feels it in her bones. They're, they're just not ready f- to be terrified again. It's like, we went through this whole thing, this traumatic thing that none of us are over yeah. yet. We moved to this new place and now we got to know, oh, yeah, that dude that did this, he's like on his way here yeah which broke out they're like no there's no way he's coming here but like they can feel it yeah i mean like no he's he's coming for us kinsey develops a pretty good uh relationship with her track coach she's kind of a confident for her Mm -hmm. um kinsey throws up out of her window that's not really because she doesn't like the smell of fresh paint anymore because 
everybody knows why at this mm-hmm. point. The thing that is important is the track coach notices this bracelet that Kenzie has. And she's like, where did you get that uh, bracelet from? She says, oh, my dad gave it to me. He gave me this whole, you know, cliche speech that you are the key to your own destiny. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can unlock any doors that you put your mind to. And kind of that whole deal. Um and the the coach. track coach definitely recognizes the bracelet. After Kenzie leaves, she uh, looks into an old yearbook and finds an old, it's like a drama club mm-hmm. picture of yeah. all of them, which is, you know, Rendell as a young boy. And the track coach was there. So and we've got Mark Cho, Lucas Carva- Carvaggio, mm-hmm. uh, Ellie Whedon, Whedon uh, Rendell Locke, Randall Locke Kim, Kim Hofer, mm-hmm, and Aaron Voss. Um, it never says Dodge, huh? No. Because that says a nickname. Well, what was his role? Is his name in there, though? I can't remember. Yeah, it's Lucas. Oh, that's right. Okay. And also, it's... spoilers. Like, we don't know who this person is yet. Yeah, oh, that's not really a spoiler. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, and in the picture, Randall Locke is wearing the same bracelet that yes. Kinsey has. And Kinsey notices, and then her mom comes and picks her up, and she's so sick of looking in the mirror and being afraid. Yep. Of herself. And she decides to cut her hair. We get to go to the house of the young girl whose name I don't remember. That, well, we don't uh, even know her name yet. Do, do they never tell you her name? In Not this, yet. In this, okay, well, uh, Kinsey decides to show up at her house and says, hey, you know what? Let's go run anyways. Kinsey is back to her rocker look. She's got the short hair. This is the hair that I know and love. So cute. She's such a cute little girl. <laughs> I love it. G- Gabriel Rodriguez, just, oh, so good. So then now we're into chapter four. Um... Bodie's having another nightmare where he's playing with some cars and he sees a body bag open up and sees his dad's face again with a giant fucking bullet hole going through the side of his face. And then Bodie just wakes up in tears Mm -hmm. holding his little Hot Wheels cars. It's like, oh my God. His dad is trying to tell him a joke. Knock, knock, joke. Knock, knock, joke. So it goes, knock, knock. Who's there? Who? Who, who? And that's all we know for now. Yep. And, you know. You see where this is going. Yes. Um, now we get to... So Sam Lesser is broken out of prison. He's on the run. He's trying to get from... Uh, you, you, you assume that the prison was in California because they lived in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, he's trying to get from California to Massachusetts. He hitchhikes onto this truck. Um, in order to, you know, earn travel expenses from this truck this driver, truck. he had to provide a, you know, a service. A, a service, a sexual service that truck drivers somehow, you know, sometimes require from certain people because when you're on the road for a long period of time, sometimes you got needs and dudes, it's a BJ. With, dudes with stuffed up faces. Yeah. We get to see Sam Lesser giving this guy a blowjob. Really uh, children are not I was trying to, to beat around the, bu- around the bush but Mary just, <laughs> just dove in head first. Um, well, What's more disturbing, like, the, that's not even the fact that he does it. What's more disturbing to me is the fact that, like, when he gets, quote unquote, done, uh-huh. the, the the truck driver is like, you should be teaching a seminar or whatever. <laughs> like, like the fact that Sam Lesser is good at it, that's what disturbs me more than anything, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty fucking terrifying. Uh, um, so the truck driver is like, hey, you know, you're kind of young. Why are you out here? Isn't somebody looking for you? And this is where we're going to go into... Yeah. Sam's background. Because Sam wants to give no details to. Yeah. Because he doesn't want anybody. Because he knows that the police are looking for him. Yeah. So we learn about Sam's background. He His mom wasn't a very good mom. His dad wasn't a very good dad. And yep. he was bullied at school. Yep. His, his mom could give a fuck less. She, you know, she just had no time or no patience for her children. Finally, um, her, he just. Her, his dad beat on him repeatedly. He was abusive. And uh, yeah, like Mary said, he was. 
he was bullied and stuff at school so you know it was obviously recommended to to him to go to the school counselor who was Rendell Locke. Well I mean he bites the kid's arm. Yeah. And this is where we meet the bald kid I forgot his name again. Yeah. Um, And then this is where he brings up the fact that he uh, has seen Mrs. Locke's panties on numerous occasions. And it's like oh you know what she wants after like the fifth or sixth time or whatever. That she was flashing me his panties at like a car wash. Is that what he says? Yeah. Like she gets out of the car and and she's wearing short skirts and it's like oh well you know because she's wearing a short skirt you know what she wants. If she she flashes her panties at you so many times clearly it means she wants the D so. Oh yeah. Um, um, Anyways, <laughs> Tyler Tyler has been the least talkative one throughout this whole thing. He's really having a hard time. Yeah. Um. Even Kinsey, you can see, has kind of taken some steps forward by you know wanting to go running with that girl and cutting her hair to feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Bodie, he's still it, it, so young. Yeah, he's so young that it hasn't really set in. Like he's having the nightmares and everything, but for the most part, he's like he's doing what he can to just keep being himself. Yeah. Tyler is the one that has like shut himself down he he doesn't he's doing what like kinsley does like kinsley does in the next volume is kind of like shutting things out or taking them out of your head we'll get there we'll get um in the flashback from sam lester we see that rendell and tyler had not a bad relationship but he rendell is a dad you know he's not afraid to be a dad and tyler is the you know the teenager that's too cool to listen to his dad Get off my back like let me do what i want because i'm so cool Yep, um, Bodhi runs into the garage where Tyler is and tells him the knock-knock joke, And but he doesn't know the ending to it. Tyler tells him the ending to it, and he's like, but does that mean anything? Yeah. Like, well, not really. It's a knock-knock joke. Yeah, so it goes, knock-knock, who's there? Who? 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 who, who? who? What are what? you, an owl? And he's like, that doesn't make any sense. It's like, well, that's the joke. Like, Yeah, like, that's the just, joke. Like, it's just a joke. It is, he's like, does that mean anything? It's yeah, not supposed to know. mean anything. Just it's, go just away. A, it's just a knock-knock joke. It doesn't have to mean anything. This is where the the truck driver is with Sam Lesser again. He's you know uh, taking it. He's taking him as far as he can take him mm-hmm. for whatever reason I can't remember. But he has to drop him off here, so Sam's gonna be on his own. Um, they get into this really fucking creepy conversation about the fact like, hey, I know some other guys that could give you a ride, like mm-hmm. if you're willing to perform your service some more. Like they don't even care that your face is cut up and stuff. There's yeah. a, like a glory hole basically in the in the bathroom that they don't have to see your face. You can just you know. Do, do what you do. Then we go back to a past again where Sam Lesser is with Rendell Locke in his office. You know, they're talking about some of the progress that he's made and everything. So we need to talk about Sam was a smart kid. He was very smart. He's very smart. He and very much overachieved for his situation that he was in. Like, yes, definitely. Yes. And he wanted to go to college, but then all this stuff happened. It, You know, things, you know, he just cracked. And Rendell's like, I can't write this letter of recommendation for you anymore and I, I think, think you need help i think you need help yeah like you're a smart kid but you've also got some issues yeah um and i i can in good conscience write you a letter of recommendation until you get some of these issues worked out yep and sam's looking at a painting and he asks oh what's that and rindle says oh my brother wrote that I mean, drew that. It's a picture of the well house. Yeah, from the from, key house. From the key house. To me, this is the creepiest part of the book. Like you this talked is about, really creepy. You talked about like some of the panels and stuff that like freaked you out. This this was the part like even the first time that I was like, good god, like this is it's not gory in any way. It's not. 
really just, disturbing visually. It's more just like it's just a painting, and it's like it's blank, and you see it, and it's like, and then you see the lady, it. and then she's writing something in blood. She writes, "Help me, help me." In the and painting. then he's looking away, and then you see he looks back, and it says, "Listen to echoes." Mm-hmm. She's um, so creepy. You see Dodge appear in the window and wave at him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it's creepy as shit. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. It is I mean, so it, creepy. It is creepy as shit. And then, uh, anyways, that's when he, you know, he's like, "Oh yeah, what about my recommendation letter?" And you know, Randall tells him he can't do it. Um, Sam seems like he takes it pretty well. He's like, you know, he doesn't really. I think he's been told no and stuff and been ignored so many times from his parents. Or he just doesn't care. Anymore. Yeah, he doesn't really care. Yeah. Um, he goes out to wait for the bus. Because mm-hmm. um, there's always a bus. Yep, and Tyler is waiting for um, Rendell to be done in his office to give him a ride home so they get talking. Uh, Sam talks about how he doesn't have that good of a relationship with his dad. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, I'm sorry that you and your dad were fighting. And Tyler's like, don't worry about it. He, my dad's just an, just an asshole. asshole. He wants to control everything that I do. And Sam was like, yeah, some days, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, I just, like, I just, I just I want wanna... to kill my dad. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things that just teenagers say, like, oh, my God, I could just kill my dad. Yeah. You know, and Sa- and Tyler tells him, he goes, well, do me a favor. If you ever decide to kill your dad, kill mine, too. Oh, well, um, you know, he took him up on it. it it's Yeah, it's definitely terrifying. Took him up on it, you know. He, um, Sam just wanted to help out his friend Tyler, you know. Yeah. So uh, now we so see now Sam hopping on a bus. Mm-hmm. Um, he killed the fucking truck driver? Yes. For what reasons? Just because... Just because he's crazy. Because he's crazy and maybe because he can't answer any questions if he's dead. Like... True. If the police are on his trail and they go, have you seen this kid? True. Obviously, he can't answer any questions, so... Oh, my gosh. It's just so... It, oh, yeah. It's so... He, he shoves, like, a crowbar in his eye socket. It's it's fucking disgusting. Is that a crowbar? That's, it's, like, a jack. It's, it's a uh, fucking tool. It's something... <laughs> I don't know tools, Not a man. Jack. Uh, he gets on a bus. The uh, lug nut thing where you take the lug nuts off. Who cares? It's a tool. It's Tuck. a big bar of metal <laughs> that he shoved in his fucking. We are socket. not. We are not automotive savvy. No. The lock kids and Duncan are in this giant wine cellar that's in the key house. And they're like, oh, Kinsley says she's like, oh, it's going to take my mom like a month to go through all this, and it's a lot. Yeah. Um, Bodhi is still trying to figure out the joke. He's like, look, I heard this joke, but it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't mean anything. He tells them the joke like, yeah, it's not really that funny. And before he leaves, Duncan tells him, he goes, well, what are you, an echo? And he's Mm -hmm. like, what? He goes, that's the way I remember hearing it as a kid. Like, knock, knock, who's there? Who, who, who? What are you, an echo? Mm -hmm. And that's when Bodhi goes, an echo. And he starts to get kind of freaked out. Yeah. Uh, Sam's on the bus. He's got a gun hit away. There's a lady on the bus with a with a baby that keeps staring. And Sam he's all down. freaked out. Um, he's like, don't trust this lady with the yeah. baby. They know too, you know. They- and she, she even goes up to talk to the bus driver. Sam's convinced that he's talking to the bus driver, you know, like reporting. We never really find out. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know for sure that the lady recognized him or maybe was just disturbed by his face because yeah. his face is all stitched up together. And yeah. You never know. You don't know. Because we're seeing this from his point of view. So we don't even know if this is really what happened. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. It was enough. Um, we get another flashback now to the beginning of the story again when Sam is in the uh, vacation house of the locks with Rendell when he's still alive. And Rendell's telling him, like, listen, whatever you're going to do, you're going to do it, but I'm going to start standing up and then, you know. Yep. 
And this is where we start getting kind of the motivate. You start putting together that Dodge has been talking to Sam since the beginning. Because he said, he says, I need the key. I need the anywhere key. I need the key to the black door. And Rendell's Um, and Rendell does not know what he's talking about. What are you talking about? Um, God, so good. How Joe Hill sets up so many things. Like I say, again, we're not going to get into the details of what happens later in the story, but like the key to the black door, we don't get that till the final, the final volume. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, he he had this thing so plotted out. He needs the Anywhere key. Yep. And the key the, to the black door, which we find out is the Omega, the, Omega the Omega key. key. But we don't, you know, we won't learn the name of that key for quite some time. But the key to the black door, so that doesn't come into play till the very end of the story. So then we're back to the bus and the... And, and he murdered everyone on the bus. On the bus. <laughs> um, and then we're seeing a... He drives to a dock. He drives to a dock, and then we're seeing the bus in the background, and it's black, and then we see something is, yeah. you know, it got lit up on the bus, and then the next page we see, oh, now it's on fire. So it wasn't enough to, like, just murder everyone on the bus. He had to, like, burn the fucking bus to pieces, and, like, he shows up, and the guy on this boat is like, what's going on? He's like, oh, oh, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't worry about that. Just, just, uh, you it's know. Like, oh, hey, is that, is that Lovecraft over there? Can like, we, can we go there now? And then you hear, ew, ew. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, Sam points a gun to his head, and he's basically like, take me over to the island, because Lovecraft is kind of on this little island in the middle of nowhere. Yes, yeah, so now we're back to Bo- Bodhi, and he is uh, talking to the Echo and yep. he says, "Listen, I don't think that I can come here anymore." Yeah, but he goes, "I don't want. I'm not going to come and talk to you anymore." This is fucking terrible. This Ugh. this panel, this panel right here, where Might he be has the turned. Panel. <laughs> they are calling for him to come to dinner, and Bodhi is turned around, and we see Dodge the Dodge climbing out the of Dodge, the, the lady at the at this point. You didn't know her name, but we call yeah. her Dodge. She is climbing out of the well. This is the panel that I was like. Oh my god! Like it gave me the chills. Like yeah. I, I did not think that I was going to be able to sleep that night. I, it's a child in danger, you know. It's a child in danger, yeah. And it's just like he's not looking, and you don't see what's behind you. And that's like the fear I think a lot of people have is like mm-hmm. you're looking one place, but you don't know what's going on behind you. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of like that horror esque movie movie stuff where it's like you have your character looking at you, but you can see what's happening behind them, but they yeah, don't see definitely. it, and it's like so terrifying especially when he was telling her like this is the last time i'm coming to see you and i wasn't even going to come down here but i figured i would come down here one last time yeah um sam is you know with the the guy on the boat he decides to kill him anyways for some reason um i i can't remember where it is in the book but they do call her dodge what they only say dodge once in the whole book and i can't remember who says it but they they call her dodge once Mm -hmm. um I was just pointing that out because I do remember they say it one time. Uh, Tyler's in the living room watching TV. Um, right before, right after he looks away from the TV, they talk about, you know, this bus that they found lit on fire and mm-hmm. all these different things. Uh, Kinsey develops a pretty good relationship. They, they've Since the cops came and they found out that Sam Lester had broken out. The um, cops have been there. They've had like a, a cop at the gate of the key house to just kind of, you know, they don't believe that Sam is coming for them. But they also are just trying to give the lock kids. I think it's more for their peace of mind. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, hey, you guys have nothing to worry about. Look, I'm guarding the gate. On the back of the house, the back of the house is just water. Yeah. So unless somebody was, you know, to take a boat to the back of the house, you're good. You know? Which is like, 
Really? Who's going to do that? Mm-hmm. Dodges out of the well. She's got Bodie now. It's fucking terrifying. She 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 gives him this whole spiel that, look, I never make promises that I can't keep. So as mm-hmm. long as you do what I ask you to do, I promise you that I will not harm you tonight. I need you to find the key. I need you yeah. to find the anywhere key. I need the... Yeah, well, they talk about both. I need the anywhere key. I need the key to the black door. Yeah. Um, and she says, you know, I need the anywhere key, and it's another key that has an omega symbol on it. Um, as long as you do what I ask you to do, you're gonna be fine. Um, Kinsley is walking. Can, yeah, and she and Dodge even makes like some kind of remark that like, look, they haven't even been calling for you. Like, they're not even looking. Not yet. For you. They haven't made that yet. Oh, they haven't. Okay. No. Um, Kinsey is you know looking for Bodie. She sees a flashlight. Turns and out she to gets, be Sam. Yep, she gets smacked with a with by Sam Lesser, and again, he's just a fucking scary looking dude. Like he was disturbed looking before all of his injuries, but now that he's all stitched up, he looks like fucking Chucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like sewn together. Um, Sam has knocked her out. He beats the shit out of her with a flashlight. Oof. The first time I read this, I thought he killed her. I thought I, I, I thought, thought he she was dead her here. Too. Um, so glad Kinsey lives because he finds she's the cellar so door. Good. He hears some voices coming out. Turns out it's gonna be, it's the mom and yep. Duncan. Yep. Um, he goes and he locks them in the wine cellar. He tells them, "I need the keys. I want the keys." Yep. He's like, "Look, we're gonna try this again. Um, I came to your other house. It didn't work out." You guys are locked in there. I'm out here with your kids. I will kill all three of your kids if need be. I need the Omega or the Anywhere key and the key to the black door. Mm -hmm. Um, The mom is yelling for Tyler. Tyler's watching TV. He just kind of hears it and he walks through the door and turns out Sam is there and he's holding a gun to Tyler's face. Yep. And and pushes him down the stairs. Yep. And this is where we see Kinsey. So did he just drag her? Yes. All the way back? It's fucking terrible, man. Yes. Um... So now Sam has got Tyler down with a gun to his head up against the door. He's talking to Nina saying, look, I have Tyler here. I have a gun against his head. Are you going to tell me where the keys are? And then now this is where she's saying. This is where she says, yeah, it's time. I know it's time because it's so quiet. They haven't been calling you for like a half an hour. Yep, you're right. Half an hour is a pretty long time. Yep, she sends Bodie to go find the keys. So are we to assume that he's been like negotiating for the keys for like a half an hour or something? Like, um... I mean, probably, maybe not a half hour, but a, a decently, you know, a decent. So she sends Bodhi on his time. way to go find the keys. He needs to go find the keys or else she's going to have Sam kill everyone. Yep. A uh, certain, uh, there's a plot point that we never touched on earlier in the book that's important because it comes back here. Um, Nina mentioned that she has a gun in the house and she yes. tells Kinsey and Tyler both that if you ever need it for whatever reason, it's in this drawer mm-hmm. in the nightstand next to my bed. Yeah. So when Sam has Tyler here with a gun to his head, asking where the keys are, Nina says, I think I saw some keys in the drawer next to my bed. Tyler knows where they are, right, Tyler? And he goes, yeah, they get the kind of, you know, they get the gist, go get the gun. So they go. So they go upstairs. Um, You know, say we, we kind of, we didn't mention that at all. Bodie um, is a ghost. Yeah, Bodie goes through the ghost key. He's or goes through the door. He's thinking about the anywhere key. He's trying to find the anywhere key. And every time he thinks about the anywhere key, he always goes to Kinsey. And then finally he notices that, you know, Kinsey's bracelet, which has a picture of a key on it. Oh, maybe that's the key. Maybe it is a key. And yep, there's a key in the bracelet. And that is the Anywhere key. There's a lot. I can't remember exactly how many keys they end up with. I think it's like 10 or 12. There's a lot. Um, All of them have their own different abilities. So I want to definitely kind of like 
So we have the ghost key turns yep. you into a ghost. Yep. And anywhere key turns you... Take, will take, take you anywhere you want to go. You wanna go. As long as you have a clear picture in your mind of where you're going. So yes. you think of a space, you turn the key, open the door, you're in that place. Yes. So We're not going to talk about the black key yet because no. that will be spoilers. Well, and we don't get explained what that key does in yes. this volume. So I just um, want to address the keys as they come. We're also introduced to... He also talks about some other keys where there's a key that can turn you from... If you're a girl, you can be a boy. There's if you're a, a boy, key, you can be yep. a girl. What else? Is there? There's a race shadow key. keys, uh, race key. What? There's a race. Oh, key. change your race. Yeah. Yep. What else do they? I don't even remember all the keys they talk about. They talk about like there's a lot three or of four keys. keys. There's a lot of keys, but they definitely they talk about three or four keys in this book. But those are some of the keys that we are introduced to. Here's some of the creepiest dialogue in the whole book as they're yes. walking up the stairs. This is where uh, Sam Lesser tells Tyler that hey, you know. Uh, he basically he's like look I know you don't like me that much he's like well yeah I don't like you because you fucking murdered my dad mm-hmm. he's like well I only murdered your dad because you told me to yeah and he's it's like kinda, what are you talking yeah. about he's like remember you asked me to yeah. he's like I, you know I told your dad that before I killed him he's like you should have seen his face mm-hmm. like that's that's and so it's like, terrible it's, it's definitely like a reminder to be like you know Watch what you say around people because you never know who you're oh, really talking to. And Tyler's face here after it like it's settles like, in. It's like, I did that to him. Because he already has had such a hard time coping with this. And like, he he takes guilt to a degree. Like, maybe I could have stopped Sam quicker. Like, I maybe could have, you know, done this, done that, whatever. But like, now he really feels like this is 100% my fault. It's it's terrible. Also in the background, we're seeing Bodie. He's uh, opening the door and then he's sneaking past. And it's like, oh, it's like so close to the danger. It is to the danger. To the danger. Okay. Bodie makes it back to Kinsey's, you know, half awake, half alive body. Her knocked out beaten. body. Yeah. Her unconscious body. Um, she gets the bracelet off. He, or he gets the bracelet off of her. Sorry. Um, Sam and Tyler are in Nina's bedroom. Tyler's plan is to go for the gun. It backfires on him. And, you know, Sam's not stupid. He kind of, because again, he is a smart kid. Like, he's crazy, but he's not dumb. Yep. He goes to the nightstand and he flat out tells them that the gun that he had was empty. Yeah. Like, just to, just to fucking, like, twist it a little bit more. Like, just to fucking rub it in a little bit more. Like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. by the way, this gun that I've had up to your head for the last half hour or so it's empty it's empty so but now but i now have a fully have, loaded one yeah but now i have a full a full you know full set of rounds here we're yes. gonna yeah um so um, they make it to the door that has the pistol whips him and that they has fight. yes now they're at the door where they have the ghost key mm-hmm. and tyler opens the door yep and they, they get into a tussle a tussle Tyler falls through, and now Tyler is a ghost. Well, Sam is, like, strangling him, and then, but, yeah, his body falls, like, through the doorway, so his spirit, his soul has left his body, and Sam... Sam thinks that he's dead. Yeah, he's like, he's like I never thought a big guy like you would be so easy to kill. Um, Bodie takes the, the the bracelet back to Dodge at the well house. Yes. Um, so now Dodge has the anywhere key, and now she's able to leave the well house because she was stuck... And they mentioned, she tells Bodie that earlier, that she can't leave. Mm-hmm. Um, she was confined to the well house. That if she leaves, then she would turn into dust. Yep. So now she walks out of a closet and, you know, Bodie looks back in the closet after she's left and she's gone. She goes, they don't really tell you where she goes, huh? I'm not sure where she where she's um, at. She goes wherever the gender key is. That's the important thing. Yeah. So there's a gender key here that you're going to see her use. Um, really, yeah, pay attention to the panels here because it's... No, she has the gender key already. Oh, she does? Yeah. Then why does she go here? 
I thought because she had to she go get to, the gender key. No, she already has the gender key. See this pocket thing? This, oh. This well, pouch I thought, thing? I thought that was here. No, it's it's it. already been around. Um, okay. So she uses a gender key to walk through and becomes a boy. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and again, here's one of those things where no words really needed. Gabriel Rodriguez is just so good. You can see the body change from a, from a female to a male here. Mm-hmm. Tyler is still trying to figure out what's happened because he's, you know, through the ghost door and he goes to his mom sees his mom and duncan his i think it's crying. tyler's room actually i think that's tyler's room is it i think say, so. they don't specifically they tell don't you. say it is but i'm pretty sure that it is so you, you assume that she's still in the key house i think so okay because like i say they don't um there's a 49ers poster on the wall i think uh, he's which, first which... in kinsley's room and then he f- he has the door for the gender key and okay. then he goes into tyler's room um, I'm definitely going to say uh, maybe Tyler's room because there's a 49ers poster on the wall and they came from San Francisco. Yeah. So that's probably why that was put there. Yeah. So now Tyler's still a ghost. And uh, Sam takes, drags Tyler's body. To the basement. His lifeless body because he is dead at this point. And he tells the mom, oh, you know yep. what? I killed him. Yep. He's like, I, you know, wasn't trying to, but I strangled him and, yep. you know, he's dead. Um, I'm going to kill Kinsey if I have to. Like, let's, you know, we'll, we'll keep doing this if need be. Tyler's like, no, no, I don't want this to happen. And so he goes back through the door. He remembers Bodie telling mm-hmm. him earlier, if you go back through the door, you're not a ghost anymore and you can wake up. Yeah. Which he does. Um, say so I love the panels of like him coming back to life. Mm-hmm. So good. He comes back to life. He tackles Sam and... I love this whole thing where he's like, he's like, now I'm going to kick your ass again. Like after he beat the shit out of him before. And they get into a whole big thing. And Kinsey is shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Kinsey's actually the hero here. She grabs the gun. Yeah. While, uh, while Sam and Tyler are like kind of wrestling and fighting around, she grabs the gun. And when Sam tries to run away up the stairs. He gets shot in the leg. And she shoots him. He gets like hit in the throat too, doesn't he? Right here. Oh, that's right, yeah. Hit in the throat, and he's kind of bleedy. He's, I mean, it's up She to kills him. She she shoots him a couple times, and he dies. He probably would have survived. But I think, because it, it looks like it only, like, grazes him right there. And then On he his shoots throat. his leg. He probably wouldn't be able to walk very well anymore. Sam has ran upstairs, and now he's, we like, see... crawling. We see Dodge yep. from lady to man now. And he's like, oh, you know, poor Sam. Poor, poor Sam. Like, you you know, you tried. You did, you did so good. You did your best. He breaks and- his neck. She, he, okay, not she anymore. Dodge is a he now. He mm-hmm. drags Sam to the door where the ghost key was and pushes him, him out. through. He's like, I still need you. So yeah. he pushes him through the, so that he's a ghost now, but he is dead. So for me, it's like, yeah, he probably was dying. But mm-hmm. it's like, if I put you through here. Well, he's definitely dying because right yeah, here. Your ghost is trapped here. So yeah. I, I might need you later, mm-hmm. which actually comes back to fuck Dodge later on. Um, Again, not a spoiler, but mm-hmm. you know. Sam actually gets kind of a redemption a little bit. Somewhat. Somewhat. Uh, Dodge has transported himself to another place, and Mm -hmm. we see the coach. She has woken up, and Dodge is on her balcony. Yep, and you find out that, you know, they don't go over too much of it here, but you get the the idea that these two have a past. They have a history. They Mm -hmm. have a history, yep. Um, I think he says he killed her. I killed, yeah, I killed your mother for you. It's the least you can do. Mm -hmm. And so Dodge is going to stay with the track coach. Yep. Um, So... This is the first you're hearing of that her mother is dead. And mm-hmm. they, again, you will get all that answered later, but we're not going to get into it here. So now it's been, I don't know what. They don't tell you how long it's been. Um, the cops are there. They're doing the cleanup. They're doing the whole thing here. Mm-hmm. 
Tyler's looking out the door where the ghost key is. Um, you get a good little panel here of Sam. As a ghost. Yep. Just, you know, chilling there. He's stuck there. And say, and he does pop in and out throughout the rest of the series. You kind of get to see where he's been. Some, yeah. Somewhat, you know, and how he was screwed over and say he does, you know, kind of get to a little jab back at Dodge towards the end. He helps Rufus out later on in the story, but Bodie and, and Kinsey are at the lake and they're fishing. You almost feel like it's kind of a happy ending here where it's yeah. like, hey, the three of them are all together and it's like, hey, you know, we're going to we're gonna get through this kind of thing. And Tyler shows up. He's like, hey, look, there's a new, you know, we're the new kids in town, but there's another new kid in town. They call him what? Zach? Is that what Zach. they call him? Mm-hmm. They call him Zach. Um, immediately as the reader, you see this guy's face and you're like, that's the fucking girl from the well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's terrifying. And uh, Bodhi is the only one that, you know, spent any time with her. So he recognizes her. He he's definitely not, not wary. Enough, yeah, like he recognizes her not enough to be like, "Hey, that's you," but he's like thrown off by her. It's kind of like, you know, when you hear like horror stories of of like kids they know something bad is happening Yeah. or like they know like little kids are, talk- are talking to their imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that kind of vibe where it's like he's definitely like there's something not right about you, and, and he does not trust. Zach. Well, and Dodge even he's like, "Hey, you know, I feel like I almost feel like we've known each other for a long time, like just just to make it creepy as shit." Yeah, you know what I mean, like basically point out to Bodie, like I know that you recognize me. Mm-hmm. I'm letting you know that I don't care. Like yeah. basically, just like, oh god, and it's it's creepy as hell. Um, last thing before the end of this trade is they all talk about how they're going to be friends. Yeah, let's go get something they to eat off. or whatever they're going to do. Bodhi, on the end of his fishing lure, finds the key, which we're going to find out is the head key in Volume 2. And that's the end of Welcome to Lovecraft. Yes. The first volume of Lock and Key. Yes. And then we see a bunch of keys, this last panel, and we see just a bunch of keys, and then we see the main key, which is the, the Omega, Omega key. key, the black key. Yeah, and this is the key that opens up the black door, which, you know, eventually we, we, know about. we will get to. Um we will do all of these at some point. Yes. Because this is going to be a, a new fun monthly show that we're going to do where we just get to just talk about comic books because I love comic books. Yes. Especially when they're combined with alcohol. I mean, this is the fortress of comic dude, correct? It is. It <laughs> is. So how do you feel about... This is a series that you've read multiple times and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But how do you feel about this one specifically on its own? Mm-hmm. I, I know I can't like ask you like forget the other ones, but like... Try to imagine that you haven't read the other ones or that even that they didn't exist. Mm-hmm. How, do, how does this story stand on its own? Well, I mean, I just I kind of just have to go back to that first time that I read it, mm-hmm. um, which is just it's so good. Mm-hmm. Like it. I can't even express into words how much I loved that first book. This first book made like I got so obsessed that I went and I bought the other Everything. volumes that was out because yeah. i mean at the time it was a little it was a little old and i think the sixth volume just hadn't come out yet so i got and i binged all the other ones yeah so it it just it hooked me so it's definitely a good book to hook you mm-hmm. do you think it stands okay on its own or no definitely yeah i think it's a pretty good story even by itself mm-hmm. um, i have a hard time believing that you would walk away from this not wanting to see what comes next but i think it's a complete enough story to tell a story. Yeah. Because like 
this is very much like the Sam Lesser story. Yeah. And that story gets told here. So like there is a full story here. Like Sam Lesser does come back, but it's in very minuscule little parts. Like so that story of who murdered their dad, what happens to him, him coming back to get them and everything. That's a complete story. And that's all told in this one book. Yeah. So even if you didn't care about the bigger story within the keys and Dodge and everything, you still have this story that's told and done. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. I think it's about as good as it gets for a first volume of a series as far as, like, setting, like, it's it's really good. It sets good. the scene. It sets the tone. Yeah. Like, yeah. you really can't appreciate it as much until you've read the whole series and then you read it again because then you see the little things that, like, little things that you missed the first time because yeah. they were referencing things you didn't know. Mm-hmm. But after you've read everything and then you read the first volume again, like, oh, my God, he's setting this thing up that's in volume six. Mm-hmm. And, oh, here's this thing from, like, volume four and five. Like, it, he plants, Joe Hill plants the seeds for this whole story so well. And it's it's just done in a, but it never feels like, foreshadowing in a sense where it's like annoying where it's like dude just tell the story you're telling Mm -hmm. like he does that it never feels like it's detracts from what he's doing it's so good so just so um they they never did say dodge in this um i swore they do one he does say my name is legion Mm -hmm. he does say that I swore they say dodge once. I can't because I remember. I don't I, remember them really? saying dodge. So I reread it yesterday. I remember thinking, like, okay, they do say it once. I don't remember. I don't remember who says it or where it is. So I maybe read I'm it just today crazy. and I don't remember. I read it like a half an hour ago and I don't remember. <laughs> I'm more than a half an hour ago because this is like an hour long. Well, time. I don't have time to flip through the book <laughs> right now and try to prove if I'm right or wrong. So who knows? I might be wrong. But, uh, let us know. Is Mary right or is Tyler right? Yeah. <laughs> Either way, we're all win because we read this awesome book. Yes. And so that does it for Lock and Key, Welcome to Lovecraft, Joe Hill, Gabriel Rodriguez. Go read this book. Go read this series if you haven't. Or reread it if you've already read it. <laughs> yeah, because it is so good, man. It's it's one of the best um, like just horror kind of thriller, mystery, supernatural series. I mean, it's, it's hard to even like describe like what genre it is because it dips its toe into so many little ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, if you're into the supernatural, it's such a good, such a good story, man. It's uh, the characters are so good. They're so fleshed out by the end of this series. Mm-hmm. He, Joe Hill really takes the time to develop all these characters. And like I said, they, every character has an arc. Some of them are bigger than others. Like Tyler's arc is different than like Duncan's arc, yeah. whatever. But all of them have a complete character arc th- from volume one through six mm-hmm. to Nina to Rufus, who we'll meet later. You know what I mean? And Kinsey, some of the changes she goes through and some of to the Ellie and some of the friends that she meets mm-hmm. later on, which who are hilarious that we'll find out. Even like, even their dad has an arc still. Yeah, yeah, still. still. And and he still has a role to play. Mm-hmm. And I'd say we're not going to spoil any of it here, but once you start getting back into the Locke uh, family history and mm-hmm. specifically their dad and what happened with them when they were teenagers and everything else, this story becomes so big, but Joe Hill never, it never gets too big for him. He, it becomes this giant thing, but he ha- you never feel like he doesn't have control of it anymore. Yeah, it's still definitely in control. It's very structured well. Yeah. Gabriel Rodriguez is so good. The art in this volume is so good, and it's hard to argue that he just doesn't get better in every single volume that comes forward. 
So yeah, cannot praise this book enough. Yeah, say one of my favorite series of all time, Lock and Key. It's so good. We've mentioned on the show before that Netflix is developing this right now. So if this is something you haven't read yet, read you it. you really should because this thing I feel like is gonna be a it's just made for TV. Like, I kind of yeah. it's a good story that I think will especially you will not be disappointed in a world where like shows like Stranger Things are so popular. And stuff, I think Lock and Key will fit in perfect mm-hmm. with stuff like that. So I would hope so. Um, before we get out of here, should we do some weekly picks, Mary? My pick is Titans. The first episode of Titans, which is actually called Titans. Season one, episode one. Titans. Titans. Yep. <laughs> it was good. It was just really good. I just I liked I liked the acting and I really like I really like Raven. I really liked Starfire. I wasn't I don't know, I wasn't concerned as much as other people were about the whole cast and how they looked i was like because they were like pre-production pictures Mm -hmm. so it was like i wasn't too concerned about it but i just really liked her and i liked the character that they're going for the actress is great too yes um she did a really good job is there a standout character from the first episode for you because i know some people say starfire stole the show yeah we watched it together i'm just you know gonna say my i think i thought i've definitely felt like raven was more of the standout character for me but i don't know she was definitely the main character along with um yeah yeah the robin um can i say beast boy just because i love beast boy so much no because he's not in it he's (laughs) barely in it he says rad come on (laughs) i mean you can say i guess whoever you want but yeah um How do you think it does like tonally? Because that was some of the things people were concerned about, like the dark, gritty tone of the show. Because it it is it is pretty dark. It is pretty gritty. Yeah, don't show it to your kids. I liked it. I did too. I, I liked the horror aspect. I think of, it works. Like, Raven, mm-hmm. Raven's whole horror stuff, like that happened with her. I'm like, oh, damn. yeah. I, I think it works. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes from yeah. here. Uh, Tyler, what's your pick? Um, let's see. I had one and now I can't remember what it is. Uh, let's see. What did I read this week? I read a lot of stuff this week. Okay. We're going to go Grant Morrison and Yannick Paquette. Wonder Woman Earth One Volume 2 came out last week. Okay. The trade paperback. I didn't get to it this till this week. Um, Volume 1 of their Earth One Wonder Woman series is very, very good. It came out uh, two years ago. So this is the follow up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. So very, very good. Uh, Yannick Paquette maybe draws some of the most gorgeous women you've ever seen. And some of the, one of the things I like about the way he draws women is like, like Wonder Woman is beautiful. She is stunning, but also like she's not like hourglass shaped, like mm-hmm. all the Amazons and stuff. Like they're big women, like they're, they're very curvy and stuff. And like it, uh, it's, it's a style that he does that, that looks very, very good. But, like, they're intimidating, like, physically. You know what I mean? Like, we know how strong Wonder Woman is. We know she could kick your ass. But, like, this Wonder Woman looks like she could kick your ass. You know what I mean? Like, her legs are huge. <laughs> and I love that. Um, I don't want to get too much into what necessarily the story is about in this one. But uh, a lot of it focuses on how naive Wonder Woman is because she's still in this version of her character. She's still very new to quote unquote man's world and the world outside of Paradise Island. And she gets kind of taken advantage by some people here 
um, because she is so compassionate. She's so trusting of people. And that's kind of her downfall, I guess, here. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Trevor is still involved. Um, they have a version of Etta Candy here that's really fun. Hippolyta is really, really good here. Grant Morrison, you know, you've heard me talk about him on this podcast before. Probably my favorite comic writer of all time. Anything he does, I'm going to buy it. But um, I think this works. I think this works really, really well. The art is the standout thing, though, honestly. Um, as much as I love Grant, um, Yannick Paquette is so good. Every page of this is like a poster that I, you would love to have hung up somewhere. So Wonder Woman, Earth One, Volume 2. Read any of the Earth One books because I've, I've enjoyed all of them to some degree. So um, that's my weekly pick. All right. All right. Well, time flies almost as fast as Superman. This podcast is about over. We would like to thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. It makes, you know, makes us very happy. It means a lot to us. Uh, make sure you're checking us out on social media at Fortress of Comicitude. We're everywhere, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We don't have a Tumblr because I don't give a shit about Tumblr. But um, Did somebody want us to get us a Tumblr? No, but like I always say like, oh, we're everywhere, but we're technically not because that's like still like a fairly like big social media that we don't use. Mm-hmm. Like, some people like Tumblr and we're not. So. We do have an email though. We do? Yeah. We have an email? Yeah. It's focpodcast at gmail.com. So if you want to oh. get a hold of us. I have, this is news to me. We have an email, guys, if you want to email us anything for whatever reason. <laughs> um, make sure you follow us on all social media. Make sure you let us know what your guys' thoughts on any of this stuff is. Have you read Lock oh. and Key? Uh, also, this, you know, Drunk Comic Book Club is a is a show we want to do every month. So we would love any recommendations for trades and comic book storylines that we should do mm-hmm. on this show. So be feel please feel free to send those in. When we do the other ones, I'm I'm also I also want to ask a question at the end of it. So here's my first question. Okay. Okay. If you could have the anywhere key mm-hmm. and go anywhere, yeah, where would you go? That you can um, have a clear picture in your mind. To obviously. the comic book store. To the comic book store. Yep, that's all I need to get. <laughs> that's where I need to be. And people out there of the internets, uh, let us know if you had the anywhere key and you could picture in your mind where to go. Where would you go? Yep, anywhere, anywhere in your I guess known mind. Yeah. Can you go to places that don't exist? I don't think so. Okay. It has to exist and you have to have a clear picture in your mind of what I know, but like I can like I can like I can picture like fictional places like that I've seen. Like I still think it has to exist. Like, if it exists. Like I've seen Hogwarts mm-hmm. plenty of times on screen. I have a visualization of what Hogwarts looks like, but can I imagine Hogwarts and go there? Mm-hmm. If it doesn't exist? No. Okay. I would go to Beans and Brew. <laughs> I'd go get a coffee. That'd be anywhere. He might have to go grab a coffee real quick. Head down to the coffee shop. You know, just gotta. It's early, guys. You'd go to the comic book store. I'd go to Beans and Brew. Uh, thanks so much for listening to this podcast, guys. We appreciate all of it. We're going to be back here next week for another creator focus episode on the king of comics. Maybe the most, in my opinion, maybe the most influential person on comics ever and that is jack the king kirby yep so that's going to be a monster episode be prepared for that um i still need to figure out what to read yeah well it's gonna be a good time all right we might not even have time to talk about what we read because there's just so much history of jack kirbyness we're gonna talk about so okay um until next time i am tyler i'm mary and we're locking up (laughs) 